You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Numbers uh, chapter 32, I'll start to read, and, and uh, as I, I uh, read, I, I may give a little bit of a, a backstory here, but... In verse number one, Numbers 32, in verse number one, the Bible says, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. And as we read through the Old Testament, we understand that, that God had, had uh, chosen uh, his people Israel, and, and it started with promising Abraham, that promised land, and then, uh, and, and then going on to Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And, uh, and God used his children Israel, and, and obviously we know the story how they, uh, they ended up in the land of Goshen there in Egypt and became sl- uh, slaves in, in Egypt to, to Pharaoh. And then God miraculously, through his uh, servant Moses was able to deliver them through his power and his might and demonstrate just how great of a guy he was and is. And uh, as uh, God uh, led them out of Egypt with a mighty hand, uh, brought them through the wilderness, then we understand that as they came up to that Jordan River, after traveling through the wilderness, that they sent out spies into that promised land that God had promised them that they would dwell in and that God would bless them, and, and as they obey Him, God would bless them tremendously with this land He's prepared for them, this land of milk and honey. And uh, then, as they sent the spies, we, we, we know that the Old Testament gives us an account that the 10 out of the 12 spies came back with a negative report. We can't do it. There's giants in the land. It's too dangerous. We, we can't risk it. And so, because of uh, their lack of faith, God caused the children of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And here we come to, to the, the uh, end of those 40 years. And we're on the, the banks of the Jordan River once again, just about to, to hear the game plan that Moses, uh, uh, given by God, uh, Moses is about to give to the children of Israel and how they are to conquer the promised land as they cross over into uh, in, uh, to, uh, the promised land, Canaan land. Verse number one, I'll read it again. We come here with uh, the children of Reuben. The, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and then the half uh, tribe of uh, Manasseh, they had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. Let's keep reading in verse two. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation saying, Adaroth and, and Dibon and, and Jazer and, and Nimrah and Heshbon and uh, it, however you say that next one, Iliel, La, and uh, Shebam, and, and Nebo, and, and beyond, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Verse 5, wherefore said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession. Look at that next phrase, and bring us not over Jordan. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the children of Israel are just now about to cross into that promised land that God had uh, promised to them for, for many, many years. And now uh, two and a half tribes of, of Israel, 
They are saying, wait a minute, this land that we see before we cross over, this is good land. I mean, it's, it's just been conquered. We just conquered the, uh, these people here. And how about we just take this as an inheritance and, and leave, us, leave us here. Let us not go over to the other side of Jordan. And Moses said in verse 6, Unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war and shall ye sit here? And, therefore, and wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Then Moses recounts back 40 years ago, he says, Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. Uh, jump down to verse 13. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel. Uh, Moses is recalling back here uh, 40 years ago. And, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all that generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead an increase of sinful men to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. He said, are you going to do it again? I, I can just picture Moses here as, as um, uh, Reuben and, and Gad. They, they come to Moses and say, Moses, can we have this land and not go over to Jordan? I, I can just see Moses having the flashbacks. No, no, don't, not another 40 years, please. What, what are you doing? Haven't you learned what your fathers did? And he's having these flashbacks and thinking, this is crazy. Do, do you not remember? And then Gad and, and, and Reuben say, well, if you'll let us have this land, we, we promise to go over and fight with you to conquer the rest uh, of the promised land. And then after we've conquered all that land, we can go back uh, home to the other side of Jordan. And Moses uh, um, talked with them. And then uh, look there in verse 33, same chapter. It says, And Moses gave unto them even the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, and unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, the son, uh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land with the cities thereof in the coast, even the cities of the country round about. I'd like to pray, and then I'd like to go into my message uh, tonight entitled, Trading God's Best for Gad's Good. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to open your word. God, I don't know how many people are watching at this very moment and maybe some later on. But God, I pray that in this moment you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd help me to clearly give the message uh, tonight, Lord, and that I'd speak truth from your word. God, I pray that tonight as, as uh, you, uh, uh, we allow you to speak to our hearts, God, that we would also make the decision to obey every spiritual impulse tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We see here in, in this, uh, as we just read, that they were given the rich grazing lands of Gilead by request. Now, Gad, I, I did a little bit of a study. Gad, uh, their, their uh, position, as they were going through the wilderness, their position was right next to Reuben. Uh, when, when they would march and, and wander and, and travel through the wilderness, they, they were on the south side of the tabernacle. And no doubt that probably had, had a little bit of a play into uh, why they wanted to stick together and they had an influence on each other. That's not my message tonight. But then uh, we see here that uh, um, Reuben, who was the firstborn of Jacob, um, it's described of him in Genesis 49.4, he's unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. And so we have this, this alliance really between these two tribes and, and uh, they're rubbing off on each other and they say, hey, wait a minute here. This is it. I mean, this is some good land. We see it. 
Why, why should we go over to the other side of Jordan when, when we have some really good land here? We have cattle, and this, this land's good for cattle. So as we look into trading God's best for Gad's good, what Gad thinks that, hey, this land is good. But he's not realizing that he's trading what God had promised them, God's best. So my question tonight is this, why was the good so convincing? Why was the good here as, as, as Gad and, and as the, uh, a Reuben look at this land? What, why was it so convincing? Man, they chose the good instead of the best. They chose what God had not promised instead of uh, going forward by faith and getting what God had, had promised them. Why was this so good? What, what, why was this so convincing to them? Well, it was convenient. This was convenient. It was already conquered. It was readily available. It was desirable. They literally, this is literally what they did. As they were getting ready to go into the promised land, here we have uh, the, the tribe of Gad and the tribe of, of Reuben. They see this land and, and, oh man, this is great. It's perfect. It suits our needs. It, hey, this is so convenient. Man, we just got done conquering these people and nobody's here to possess the land. It's our job. Let, let's, let's go ahead and, and give it up. Let's possess this land. And so it, it was convenient. Literally, they, they stopped. Now, I'm just using this illustration because I like food, all right? They stopped. Can you picture this? They stopped at the appetizer. And they forfeited the main course. They stopped at the appetizer and thought that was good enough, and they didn't want the main course. Now, I don't know about you watching online, but have you ever, have you ever been to Maggiano's? Maggiano's Italian restaurant. There's one in Raleigh. I've been to the one in, in uh, uh, Santa Clara uh, many times. And uh, let me tell you, Maggiano's is an incredible place. If you haven't been there, it'll change your life. And uh, there at Maggiano's, what we like to do is we like to go with at least four of us because you get a better deal. You can get the family style. And yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but, but hey, it's worth it, let me tell you. And if you get that family style, a meal, you pick out your appetizers, you pick out your main course, you pick out your dessert. And then uh, what they do, this is really, it's kind of an unwritten rule, but they, they explain it to you. As you get your appetizers, you eat the appetizers. And then if you want more of the appetizers, you get more of the appetizers. And then as you move on to the main course, if you finish your main course and you want more of the main course, they bring you out another main course. And it's really all you can eat, and it's incredible. But even though Maggiano's appetizers are good, I'm talking about the stuffed mushrooms and the fried mozzarella and the bruschetta and uh, the fried calamari. Oh, let me tell you, it's good. But I am not just going to stop there, okay? I'm not going to stop at the appetizer. Yes, those appetizers were good. And yes, for the tribe of Gad, man, that land looks so good. But do you realize that they stopped at the appetizer and they forfeited the land that was flowing with milk and honey? That's what they forfeited. They traded God's best for Gad's good. Man, Gad thought this was good. And let's take this. Let's just stop here at the appetizer. But that's not what we should do. Convenient things are not necessarily the best things. You can't compare McDonald's to Five Guys, can you? You can't compare canned food to fresh food, like canned vegetables to fresh vegetables. Frozen dinners are not to be compared to homemade dinners. There's no comparison. 
And I was just talking about this with Miss Francis Vincent this morning after driving church, but Chips Ahoy cookies is not comparable to the famous Amos cookies. All right, famous Amos is better. Maybe that's a little controversy, uh, uh, controversial statement there. But uh, for Brother Dan, uh, for his sake, I'll say Chips Ahoy cookies does not compare to homemade chocolate chip cookies that uh, your wife, I'm sure, makes for you every single week, right? And you can't compare it. It's like this. It's like instead of going to Disney World, they went to the Disney store, you know? <laughs> that, that's the comparison. And you cannot compare what's necessarily convenient for what is uh, what's God's best, what he's prepared for you. Why was this uh, good so convincing to Gad? It's simply because it was convenient. Man, already conquered, it's available, let's take it. Another question, why was the good so bad? Why, why was it so bad? I mean, the, the land, it suited their needs. I mean, yes, they didn't go over to the promised land, but it's not like, as we read on, it's not like God exiled them and said, okay, you know, I'm cutting you off of, of Israel. God let them do that. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says that God was mad at them. Moses was. God accepted it. God let them make that decision. But I, I, why is that so bad? What, why is this good that Gad chose to, to, to stay on this side, Jordan, not go over to, to the promised land? Why was it so bad? Well, I think, first of all, it's, it's compromised God's plan. It compromised God's plan for those two and a half tribes. We must all understand that, that God, He has a plan for our lives. Uh, letter A, if, if you're taking notes, it's, it's a perfect plan. Man, God is who is perfect. God who makes no mistakes. He formed you in the belly and, and, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and God didn't just create you just because, but God has a specific purpose for you. God has a, spe a specific plan for you, and, and it's a perfect plan. Romans 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's a perfect plan. Not only that, but it's a peculiar plan. It's unique. God's plan is uniquely and specifically designed and tailored for you. God has a special plan for you. It's a peculiar, uh, peculiar plan. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hebrews 13, verse 20 says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work, to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God's plan is perfect. God's plan is unique. It's peculiar. And God's plan is a promised plan. And could I say, especially in the times that we're living in right now and this virus going around, could I say that the promises that God has made, he's going to keep his promises. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen next because we know God who knows what's going to happen next. And not only does he know about it, but he's in control of it. And so we can have faith and, and take his promises uh, to the bank because they, they, they will not fall short. God does not fail. God makes promises and he keeps them. Ephesians 3, 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. 
God chose to include us as Gentiles into this eternal life that, that he's offered to his people. 1 John 2.25, and this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Man, the plan that God is, has given to us, it's a promised plan, and, and, and we can count on it. But the problem is that by Gad and, and Reuben and this half tribe of Manasseh, what they did is they compromised God's perfect plan. Man, they, they compromised that perfect plan. They compromised that specific, uh, unique plan, that promised plan for them. And they chose to settle for the good. Number two, why was this good so bad? It compromised God's protection. In, in uh, Genesis 49, 19, the Bible says that Gad is a troop, uh, uh, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. And I believe that was... Prof, uh, prophetically speaking of the, the, the coming uh, problems that, that, that they would have. And do you realize by Gad and Reuben settling for, for the, the land on the other side of Jordan, they chose to forfeit God's protection. Yeah. I mean, that, that, natural, that natural protection of the Jordan River was no longer to help them. That, that uh, Choosing that land there of Gilead, it brought nomad you know, people that would come up and, and attack them at random times, and, and they, they, a, a troop would attack them, but the, they would overcome. They would chase them away at the last, but, but that was, they were welcoming that, that danger like all the time. Man, it would come, and they would have to defend themselves, and, and, and th that would be a nonstop issue for Gad and for Reuben. The land of Gad, as we look into uh, the, the Old Testament, the land of Gad uh, that, that they had for a possession was long, uh, uh, the, the battlefield between Syria and Israel. Syria and Israel would constantly be battling for that very spot. That spot that they thought, man, this is such a good spot for our cattle. Let's just, let's just uh, settle here and, and make this our inheritance. Man, that was the war ground. That, that, that was uh, the, the, the place where Syria and Israel would constantly be trying to defend and take, uh, take back Gad, Reuben, half-tribe of Manasseh. They were... As we look uh, here in, in uh, 2 Kings uh, 15, it recounts this. I, I won't take the time to read it, but Gad, Reuben, half tribe of Manasseh, they were the first to fall into apostasy. They were the first to accept the, the, the idols and, and the false gods of the land. They were the first to be conquered. They, they, they were conquered by, uh, by uh, Tiglath, uh, Peleser, uh, however you say that, the, the king of Assyria. They were the first ones to be conquered, and then later uh, Ammon uh, seized their land and their cities. Man, they forfeited God's protection there. I, uh, I've used this illustration with our teens, and, and I think it applies to adults as well, and, and I'm sorry for the superstitious folks that are watching, but I'm going to open this umbrella. Okay, the ceiling's not falling in. We're good. I talk about God's protection as this umbrella of protection. And you know, the, the children of Israel, when, when they followed God's plan, when they went into the promised land, they were staying under God's umbrella of protection. But do you know what Gad and, and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh did? What they did was, as they chose to do their own thing and choose what's good that was outside of God's uh, will for them, they chose to step outside of God's protection. And that's so, so, uh, uh, something that, that should be so important to us to realize as, as teenagers, as, as adults, 
that we should always be striving to stay under the protection that God has, has uh, provided for us. We can stay in the will of God and, and we can choose to stay in the Bible and we can choose to pray and have a walk with God and relationship with God. But when we choose to do our own thing, when we see something else that pleases us and think, man, that, that would meet my needs and just go with it uh, before ever asking if God would, would be pleased with it, man, you're stepping out of God's protection. You're choosing to, to, to forfeit God's perfect will. And could I encourage you, uh, th this is not for, for past decisions, but for, for uh, future um, decisions. Would you make the decision to, to make sure that it's part of God's will? Don't just settle for the good. Man, don't trade God's best for God's good. Don't just settle for, for the things that you think might suit your needs. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, uh, 5 and 6, Hey, lean not on your own understanding. And all that ways acknowledge him, uh, him and he shall direct thy paths. We, we need to lean on God and we need to follow his will. And when we try to create our own will and follow that, that's when we forfeit. It compromises God's protection. Stay under the umbrella of protection. We don't have time tonight to look at Abraham and Lot, but you know in the Bible, uh, in Genesis 13, when, when they chose to separate ways. And Abraham said, Lot, you can choose. You can either choose this land or choose this land, and I'll take the other. And so we don't have to have any striving between our herdsmen. And Lot chose to, to have a land that was, that, that was a well-watered land, and it was good. But yet, Sodom and Gomorrah was in that land. And he chose to pitch his tent towards Sodom, which ultimately led to the destruction of his family. So we need to understand tonight that sometimes by forfeiting God's best and, and just choosing the good, we are compromising God's protection. Don't settle for God's good. Strive for God's uh, best. And that was all introduction. Uh, we're going to get to the message, and it'll be a quick message. But how do you get God's best? So we understand that the good isn't good enough. And, and the good, uh, even though it, uh, God isn't going to uh, strike you down and, and, and cause cursing on your life and, and all of that, but let's, let's realize that taking the good is forfeiting God's best. So how do we get God's best? Number one, walk by faith. Walk by faith. God wants to do impossibly wonderful things in your life, but it requires faith. We've got, we've got to walk by faith, and, and the, the ch uh, children of, of Gad and, and the children of Reuben did not walk by faith. They chose what was convenient to them, what they could see. Faith is believing without seeing. The opposite of faith is fear, and, and maybe they feared uh, um, to, to, to go over and conquer. We understand that they did. But God's desire for us is to trust Him with all of our heart so that He can perfectly meet our needs. You know, God is, God is so able to meet your needs that, that all we have to do is trust Him. And, and, and He's waiting for us to just lean on Him. You know, I was, uh, this was a couple weeks ago now, but um, after church, uh, Sunday morning after church, I went home and, and uh, at, at our, our house there, uh, Grace still had the TV on with the service going. And uh, I was sitting there with Michael watching, and, and I was sitting right here in this seat. And uh, uh, Pastor, I think you were, you were uh, uh, giving some announcements or, or speaking. And, and uh, Michael was standing on the couch uh, uh, right next to me as, I, as we were watching it together. And all of a sudden, Michael, um, well, uh, let me give you a little backstory. So Michael, uh, just recently, I mean this year, he's, he's constantly been, been saying, you know, my this and my that and, 
and uh, you know all, all of that. And, and I, I don't know what it is. I, I think he just likes to say, "Hey, you know, this is my toy, and this is my room, and this is my house." And and uh, this specific moment, uh, as as Michael is watching our live stream, uh, he he sees me sitting there, and and emphatically he says, "My daddy." My daddy, and he keeps saying it, that's, that's my daddy, my daddy. And you know what, for me, I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, hey, yeah, I am your daddy. You're right, Michael. And he just kept saying, my daddy, that's my daddy. And, uh, you know, for God, I, I, I think he's just waiting for us to say, hey, that, that's my dad. Man, that, that's my God. Man, the, I, I've walked by faith. I'm seeing God meeting my needs. And now God has the opportunity to, to bless me and, and, and to meet my needs in a miraculous way. And so now I can say, that's my God. That, that is my God. That's my God. And we, too, can have that opportunity. And we can praise God for what he, he has done and what he's going to do. And especially in the time that we're in, hey, this is the time for us as Christians to shine. This is the time for us to say, hey, let's just have faith. Let's walk in faith. And, and, and so that at the end of this thing, as people come to Christ and as more people want to get into church because they have no idea what's going on in our world, now they can come to church and they, they can see us as we proclaim, hey, that is my God. That's my God. And he can do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think. Walk by faith. Number two, you want God's best. How do you get it? Work diligently. If we give God our best, he will give us his best. If you want God's best, you have to show God that you want it. In, in Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 23, I used this uh, uh, for the teen devotional the other week. It says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Hey, whatever we do, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, let's do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You know, I, I don't think that God is very pleased when we choose to do things half-heartedly. I don't think God is very pleased when we choose to just kind of go on life and just kind of flow, flow with it. And, and you know, hey, I, I, I don't have any plans for today. We'll just see what happens. And I don't have any desires. You know, I just, you know, I, I'll just, I'll take the day as it comes, you know. If we have that attitude, hey, for us as Christians, we can't have that attitude. We can't afford to, to just uh, be lazy. We can't afford just to, to go by and, and say, you know what, th th I'm okay just being a lukewarm Christian. But God says, work diligently, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Amen. How do you get God's best? Walk by faith, work diligently, and number three, wait on the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25 says, The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. So we need to wait on God. We live in a world today that, that nobody likes to wait. I mean, everything is, I want it now, uh, no wait time. And if, if we have to wait for a little bit, we get frustrated by it. Uh, that, that's technology. I mean, you got your, your iPhone or you got a computer and you expect it to work uh, this quickly all the time. And sometimes it gets bogged down and sometimes there's errors and, and bugs that get in. And we get frustrated when we can't have it working uh, right away. We get frustrated when there's no Wi-Fi or we have the Wi-Fi, but it's extremely slow. We get frustrated when we have to wait at a fast food restaurant for more than five minutes because they're supposed to have it now. We get frustrated when we make an Amazon purchase for two-day delivery because we're prime members and it comes in three days. We get frustrated so easily, but what we have to learn as Christians is to wait on the Lord. 
The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Can you imagine? I mean, what we're talking about our, our life living today. Can you imagine what, what the early uh, American settlers had to deal with, 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 the, with, with the colonies, and as they're traveling by boat to this new land, and they're settling, and, and uh, they, they went through hardship after hardship, and, and they're short on this, and, and they, they, they need this, but they can't get it. And uh, so, so Britain is, uh, England is sending over, um, you know, a ship with, with cargo and supplies and, and yeah, it'll meet their needs and, and it, it has the food on, on there and the supplies that they need, but they have to wait for two months to get it, you know, and, and th- that's, that's how it was for them. And can you imagine the, the day in, in which we live? We don't have to wait for anything, but we must wait on the Lord. If, if you want God's best, we've got to wait. We've got to walk by faith, work diligently but we've got to wait for God. You know, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben, the half-tribe of Manasseh, they didn't wait. Man, they, they, they sacrificed God's best for the good, that appetizer course. And they could have experienced a blessed land. I, I, I believe, I believe that God had a special place for them on the other side of Jordan. I believe that God had this special place picked out, this inheritance for them, but they chose and forfeited that to get something that, that they wanted instead. You know what? Uh, I'll close with this illustration, but it's, uh, we, we have a minivan now and we're thankful for that. Um, some, some people would say, well, you know, you got a minivan because you're planning on having a lot of more children. Um, well, I don't know about that. We'll see what the Lord, Lord does there, but uh, we're happy with our two, Michael and Emma, they're a blessing. And uh, we, we were looking for this minivan and uh, I just knew, I mean, I, I, or I wanted to know, and sometimes I, I probably doubted, but I, I just knew that God had the right minivan for us. I mean, I, I knew that, that whatever God had for us would be the greatest. And I remember doing the car hunt and, and getting on the internet and, and trying to find, you know, all, all these options for us. And, and time after time, there was just nothing out there. And, and, and it's so hard to find a, a used minivan that is, that is nice, it's in good condition, it's low miles, and it runs without any issues. And so it was just frustrating. I, I remember just kind of giving up, you know, n- not necessarily saying, oh, we're never going to have a minivan, but I just, I gave up the hunt, you know, and, and, and I just gave it a break. And I remember specifically, we were sitting in the living room one night, and, and uh, I hadn't thought about it for a while, and then the, the thought just hit me, hey, I should check to see if there's any other options out there. I mean, it, it's been a little while now. Let, let me just check. And I remember uh, uh, taking out uh, the computer and, and I was uh, looking up um, s- some car options again. And wouldn't you know, as I pulled, uh, pulled up that website and I saw on there, there was this minivan. It was a white t- Toyota Sienna. It was XLE, you know, it was a pretty good package. And, and uh, it, it it, it seemed perfect. I mean, low miles, no issues. And then I read further. You know where it was located? Right here in Roanoke Rapids. I mean, how, how can you, you can't make that up. I mean, we, we got a minivan that was perfect for our needs. Man, it, it, uh, we haven't had any issues with it. And uh, we pray that we, we won't anymore um, or uh, in the future. Uh, it was white. That was the color we wanted. It had leather interior. That, that's what we were hoping for. And and low miles, and, and this was great. This is what we wanted. And it was in Roanoke Rapids. We didn't have to travel two, three, four hours to go get it. It was right there. And so God met our needs. 
And I'm thankful that I waited and didn't just settle for, for something that wasn't God's best for us. And so for us as Christians, if we want God's best in our life, I'm talking about the, the decisions you make tomorrow. I'm talking about the, the, the big life decisions, you know, teens graduating high school and going into college and uh, maybe someone graduating college and going into a, a, a career. Man, any, any decisions, uh, here's a big one, who you marry. Any of these decisions, would you just wait on God? Would you make sure that you're walking by faith, that you're working diligently, that you're waiting on the Lord? Because God has, has an incredible, perfect will for your life. And if you want God's best, don't trade it for God's good. If you want God's best in your life, just remember that song we sang tonight. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.